Welcome to this week's edition of Dangerous to Go Alone. I'm Jay Ray, and tomorrow I am volunteering my time to help the Girl Scouts of Northern New Jersey. And I'm Amanda, and now mine sounds selfish or something. But I want to say, I started from the closet, now I'm queer. Boom. <laughs> happy Pride Month, everybody. Happy Pride Month, y'all. Also, happy E3 Month. Yeah! Isn't it funny how those two things coincide? It makes sense because gay people love video games so much. They did it on purpose. I see. Yeah. Right. It makes sense. Mario's definitely... No. No? No. Look at that mustache. Yo. No. No, maybe he is. No. But he's like 70s gay. <laughs> oh, maybe. You know? <laughs> That's no. a good point. Thank you. That's it for this week. <laughs> Just kidding. Okay. You make that joke every week. I know. <laughs> <laughs> One week, someone's going to It's laugh. a staple of our podcast. Exactly. Um, so we're going to talk about E3, kind of some broad stroke stuff and, you know, what have you. Uh, it's kind of interesting because they say the best way to experience E3 is from your home. Do they say that? Well, because you're at the convention. So traditionally, E3 tends to be for journalists, right? Right. And, um, you know, they have to deal with, do they have Wi-Fi? Mm. What seat are they in? You know, oh man, the the humongous tall fat man with the Dr. Seuss cat and the hat hat is sitting in front of me. Yeah. I can't see shit. Right. Um, you know, they'll miss out on watching gameplay reveals because they're in line for the demos. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And when they get in, like, oh, you know, someone played uh, Shadow of War, right? Right. Um, so they can report on that really well. Right. But they have no idea what's going on with any other number of things. Sure, you know? sure. So they say if you're just looking for the information, being at home is a way to do it. And, you know, you don't have to watch stuff that you don't care about. Yeah, I mean, I guess, like, I could totally see that. But, it, you know, I looked at some pictures this week, and it just seems really cool. Like, I mean, it doesn't look much different from PAX East or, or whatever. But, yeah, there's, like, cool show floor kind of stuff happening, and there's tournaments and things. This year it was open to the public. Right. Not traditionally done that way. Right. So um, it was reportedly very crowded. Yeah, I'm sure. So, you know, that's, yeah, that's the curse. Yeah, but to me, if we went, like, I would go to experience all that, and then I would catch up on all the stuff later. Like, I wouldn't go to any of the announcements. It's sort of like how oh, we do Comic-Con. We never I go see. to any of those big main panels right, or you whatever, just, you know? We just do the floor or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, so we don't have to go for, like, a day, though. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Yeah. But it's in L.A., and we live on the East Coast, so we that's probably right. wouldn't go for a day. Nope. Anyway. So, um... Let's just jump into it. So <laughs> I'm going to say this, and it's going to be weird for Amanda only. Okay. But she has meticulously curated some topics of conversation for us. So we're just going to kind of dive in, and we're going to start with some Nintendo stuff because I think we're both of the impression that it's like the the stuff that we're less excited about really right yeah i would say i mean like over the years i feel like and i don't know if it's because i'm getting older or what it is but over the years i think nintendo has really gone downhill at least in terms of capturing my own personal interest um and also they're they're they don't have a press conference at e3 right they just do their like weird online thing yeah the nintendo spotlight which was like a day before right it's like still within yeah it's like weird that they're just not well and And they were there yeah yeah, right right of course they don't yeah yeah. so um but i think also like 
I don't know, a lot of the stuff we're about to talk about, like, they just put out weird short teasers. Like, there's not a lot, doesn't seem to be as much information, I guess. It's, like, a lot of, like, sometime in 2018. It's just, like, it seems a lot more speculative than not, I guess, on the whole. Right. Though there's some things that are worth talking about. Anyway. Well, and, like, in some other sources, we're able to go deeper because of whatever. Invites to special gameplay that they were only, you know. That, like, wasn't on the main thing. Sure, but, right, that's you know, true. So there are some moments like that, but you're right. Generally, it's kind of like... Well, it's like they don't even have titles about. for Yoshi or Kirby yet. Like, we don't or know... Pokemon, yeah. Or Pokemon. Yeah. Or, yeah, we don't know anything about Pokemon. So, yeah. Um, so the first thing we're going to talk about is um, something very near and dear to our hearts. Is that they're bringing Rocket League to Nintendo Switch. Yeah. Um, before we start talking about Rocket League, I just want to say, like, that it's really exciting, I think, that the Nintendo Switch... Um, is getting third-party games because Nintendo hasn't done that. I can't remember. Were there third-party games on the GameCube? I mean, that's three generations ago we're talking about right. or whatever. So that's that's pretty crazy. Um, so, yeah, it's just really exciting. I don't know how many other games there'll be. I don't know. Skyrim. Yeah, Skyrim's is, coming. That's yeah. right. So um, it's just yeah, exciting that right. they, they seem to be figuring that out, which I think is... Um, well, they're doing those partnerships too now, like with Ubisoft for the right. Rabbids or whatever, which I think are just video game versions of Minions. Yeah, I yeah. I never played the Rayman games where they were featured, so right. I don't have like. I they agree. just seem annoying. But I I don't have a I don't know that that's really the the best move necessarily, but I do think having the third party games is really important to Nintendo's like survival. Mm. So um, or survival at least with a market like ours, like with us as an audience, right? right. So. Um, so I'm just glad that they're doing it. I'm very excited. So Rocket League, super exciting. Um, they're going to have some, I saw a cool Mario hat, and I think there's going to be a Luigi hat as well. I'm sure there'll be other um, items like that for your cars. Apparently there's going to be cars that are exclusive to the Nintendo. Mm. They didn't show us what any of them look like sure. yet. Um, so I don't know what they are, or if they're partnering with somebody to make cars or what they're doing, but... I guess the, the thing I had the biggest question about, but was also the most exciting thing about this, is that uh, there's going to be cross-network play on the Switch, so that people who have a Switch can play against people on other platforms. So, so tell me about this. Um, this was also announced for Minecraft 4K. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a really great initiative to let people who own the same fucking game play with each other. Right? It's always been really frustrating, especially when I was younger, to like, I was like a Sony kid, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm playing SOCOM or what have you, and everybody is on Xbox playing Halo. Mm-hmm. And then I got a 360, um, you know, and then I had to play with different people or something like that than what I used to play with Sony because those people don't have that game anymore. Right. So it's all these like weird instances where like we're all paying 60 bucks, we're all playing our stupid gold membership monthly fee nonsense yep. um but it's literally half of the fan base or whatever that we can't play with right um and you know there, there's a lot that goes into it that i don't understand in terms well of in terms of games stuff. that right in terms of games that aren't exclusives right because halo Call is an Duty. exclusive though. right right so that's a poor example no but silicon was also okay but no i'm that's ultimately the only reason to pick a console today. Yeah, whatever like the those exclusives, exclusives are. And yeah, honestly, totally. at that point, there's only a handful of them. 
Yeah. You get things like Destiny and Sony actually seems at timed exclusive. Right, right, right. That's true. Sony at this E3 seems to have a bunch of exclusives, whereas Xbox doesn't seem to have as many. Um, just based on this E3 alone, so I well, don't know what's going to be coming up. We'll see. Yeah, I mean Xbox is in that unique position too that uh, Xbox is owned by Microsoft, so, right, so Microsoft they have PC. Right. So both of those, and they've always since Xbox One been able to crossplay. I think. Right. So you know it's a little different, but. Rocket League's going to be able to, but I believe it's only with Xbox and PC. Okay, so it won't be able to cross-play with PS4, you don't think? They will not. They will not. So there's a whole article where the, um, man, Psionics, that's yeah, the developer, Psionics, yeah. um, they said flat out that thus far Sony has been the only company that prohibits them from doing like proper full-on cross-play. Mm. So the article I read went into... I don't know who it was, but some higher up in Sony. Uh, and he was talking about basically that, you know, we pay 60 bucks a year to get Xbox Plus. Uh, Xbox PlayStation Plus. Plus. PlayStation Plus. Yeah. And, um, you know, with that, there's like a guarantee of service. Yeah, quality. Yeah. So they can guarantee that within their own ecosystem. Right. When you start, you know, who knows? People on PC are spamming something or everybody on xbox is cursing too much in the in-game chat or whatever so this guy's excuse was that that's a reason why they don't want to do the crossplay because they can only guarantee the quality of their own shit right i actually think that's pretty reasonable um not so much with with what you're talking about about people spamming or whatever but i i do have a lot of questions about how this technology works and it's it i'm completely uninformed so i don't know how capable this is or not but i we already have a ton of trouble with rocket league and fucking um lag and shit so apparently microsoft actually has the more stringent of networking rule sets um what does that mean like what do you mean they have more security gates that you have to jump through and stuff to allow that cross play so okay. they've already figured it out so right. it's actually easier on sony so the only reason why the cross play is this because sony just doesn't want to do it but the you, technology but you don't think it would actually make it slower or anything like that um, well, like, because you're still only playing with who you're playing with. Yeah. It doesn't matter that there's 30,000 people just, playing it. You're still playing against three people. I would imagine there was like a translation piece that would need to happen because you're playing on two different systems. Well, again. And that that might slow it down. The complication, though, is with Microsoft. Like, that's where the hard part was. Okay. Because I guess, presumably, based on my understanding of this article, that the, uh, the Sony stuff is actually pretty standard for their connectivity with, with their Nintendo. servers. Uh, well, yeah, with, or whatever. Because Rocket League hosts their servers. Right. It's not even on Nintendo servers or Xbox servers or whatever. Right. It's all within Psyonix's own okay. thing. So it's not so much that they have to bridge Sony to Microsoft or what have you. It's everybody's just talking to Psyonix. And as long as Psyonix can deal with that load, right. like having everybody okay. play it, then it actually should be pretty easy. All right, well, then Sony's a bag of dicks. Because to me, that's the only like real concern here for me is like if it was going to slow down things or, or make it difficult because of, you know, I mean, the Psionics, technology of it. Or rather, then. Rocket League is a smaller game. Like, I don't know other games made by Psionics, right? Right, right. It, the, month, the date came out was um, 
PlayStation Plus free. Free, day. it was free to play. Yeah. And that's how me and my brother owned it first. Right. So that you know that's like Disc Jam and all that other mm-hmm. stuff. That was the first time that game came out, also. Right. And you know, I think that is kind of connected to its unsuredness in, you know, the ethos of gaming. It didn't sure, know what sure. it was going to do. Right. Right. Um, I think it, it was a surprise to everybody. Yeah. yeah, that it blew up so much. It became right. a super YouTubeable game. Yeah. Um, it's actually no, pretty it's huge. inviting it's one of the to everybody. Best, like, um, sports, esports. It's games. a great esports game to watch. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Um, well, and that's becoming a big thing. I think I told you about that huge stadium they're going to build in Vegas and all that right. stuff. So that's like becoming a really huge thing. So games that can play into that market are going to be key to the economy moving forward. I think. Yeah, and honestly, this one seems like it should translate pretty easily because it's just a sport. Exactly. In, in a yeah. way that, like, watching someone play FIFA or NHL FIFA, right. seems boring because I'd rather at that <laughs> point watch the actual people play the guy. Sure, right, sport. yeah. Um, but yeah, Rocket League, you know, cars are flying and it's, again, theoretically something that you can't just go watch. Yep. Anyway, so there's no crossplay. And I don't know if you noticed in the 4K for Minecraft trailer, um, but they have all of the Minecraft shaped consoles when they do the zoom out and talk about, like, the. The unifying of all of their things, you know, they had a picture of a tablet, they have a picture of a oh, Switch, right, they have a picture right, of an right. Xbox. I, I understand. And yeah. again, the PlayStation was not one of them. Oh, I see. And presumably for similar reasons, because they they're choosing not to. Oh, that and, sucks. Yeah, it seems like a misstep. Well, but it's sort of interesting now because I didn't realize that at all. But it's interesting with just with my comment before about how they seem to have a lot of exclusives comparatively. Right. Um, though all of Nintendo's games are exclusives, so we just don't think of them that way because we've accepted it. Right. But um, right. maybe Sony's just trying to stay really exclusive. I don't know. That's really interesting. Yeah, I mean, I will say that there was talk in the past couple years because um, Microsoft got a new CEO whose name I forget, but I just did a presentation on him today. Um, but he, there was some serious talk about him selling off Xbox. Oh, um, to whom? Sony? Anybody, whoever wanted it. Interesting. He's like, we're done with it. That seems very stupid. Well, I, I guess it's not doing well. It's not the pop, most popular console. It's really far behind PlayStation. PlayStation. Yeah, that makes sense. In terms sense. of install base. And... Um, well, and they have PC gaming, obviously. Right. So yeah. it's like, we and already they, they make those that. machines. Yeah, yeah that's a good point. Like, so there was like a lot of reasons where like we should just cut our losses here instead of trying to battle our way through this Interesting. weird business model. And they didn't. But I wonder if that's like part of it. Is that, you know, Sony is taking advantage of that. So they're trying to get more of these exclusive titles under their belt to really push Microsoft out. Maybe. Um, I uh, guess... Yeah. I mean, I got to say, I won't cry over it if it happens because I actually find I find all of this to be so an- annoying to me. Any any exclusive at, at all, I think, is really annoying. Obviously, we have the PlayStation and part of the reason we have the PlayStation is because of the exclusives. We like The Last of Us. We like Uncharted. Mm. Um, you know, I mean, I fell into the PlayStation 4 by accident. OK, um, I bought a. <laughs> so you disagree. You no, would. not disagree, but okay. I don't know if I... I don't have the same brand loyalty to PS4 like I, I did do. have to Xbox and PlayStation 2 before that. Right. Uh, because I bought a PS3 for Christmas. It was refurbished. It was cheap. And I was like, so I can play all these games I never played before. Plus, there's free online. Right. So I was like, well, let me get Grand Theft Auto so I don't have to pay for online for Xbox anymore. Right. Um, I can play all of those Uncharted games, one through three. Right. Um... That's like that's it. Right. Like, that's all I needed. Yeah, I mean, I bought a PS3 pretty pretty exclusively to play The Last of Us. 
Right, I didn't want because I got it before I knew Last of Us was coming out. Right, so I got it for yeah. the Uncharted series, but then Destiny happened to come out. Right, and similarly, I was like, "Well, I don't have to pay to play online for Destiny on PlayStation, so let me just keep playing it here." Right, and then you needed to stay within the same environment to keep your character. Right, so I got my first PlayStation Four as a gift from my mother right. for Christmas. Nice, it's kind of like a welcome to your new home kind of thing. Yeah, but. Um, she was actually looking for an Xbox One first, and she couldn't find it. Oh, interesting. So I was kind of happy to stay on PlayStation because I could keep with Destiny. Right. But, you know, it, it was kind of an accident. Gotcha. So I'm happy I'm there, and I have no problems with it. The controller was a little shitty at first. I'm, like, used to it now. It's still not my favorite controller. Right. But, um, yeah, I don't really have the same brand loyalty to it. But apparently... It, I'm kind of glad that I'm on this system because it's the better selling system. People tend to speak better of it, you know. Well, and it's getting more games really and at the end of the day because pretty much everything, almost everything that's on Xbox is on PlayStation and the reverse is not true. Right. Is how I feel about it. Though I know you do like to play Halo or would, but there's other shooters out there. So I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I guess you can speak like, to what a loss it is or not because I don't well, play like, it. But I'm trying to think of game types that you play. But I mean, like obviously, um, you know, the uh, there's like games like Zelda, I guess. Sure. I don't know what they are, okay. but there are games like it. But you choose to play Zelda, right? You know, there were other top-down games that were like the old Zelda that maybe you used to play too, like um, Chrono Trigger, mm. games that you may have tangentially heard of. But, you know, you just ended up sticking with a particular franchise and you're like, okay, well, wherever it goes, I go. So Halo is like one of those things. Where, right. And, you know, it's weird, but first-person shooters, especially in the state it is today, is still kind of a moderately new yep. um, genre. I mean, it's hella played out now. Yeah, right. Once everybody was all like, oh, Halo and Call of Duty sell like fucking hotcakes. Right. So now, like, everybody's just doing first-person shooters. But, right. Um, yeah, you know, I don't know. Whatever. So. Okay. So we've kind of strayed. So now I jumped up to our Xbox One oh, X conversation. we're not going to keep talking about Nintendo? We'll jump back to it. Okay. But um, since we're bringing it up and we're doing the comparisons with PlayStation, uh, there was an interesting article I read on Polygon that had a headline that said, um, Sony can kill Microsoft. Tradition. It seems like Xbox or Microsoft always goes first. And then, like, the next presentation the same day is Sony. So okay. Sony has always had an opportunity to call back to Microsoft's oh, I things. I see, I see. Right, and, like, kind of shut them down in certain instances. Interesting. So this particular E3 is when they did the official announcement of Xbox One X. Right. Um, again, Project Scorpio, I think, is what it originally was last year. Yeah. I thought I might have read an article that there's still another thing. But that they still might be calling Scorpio. So maybe this wasn't Scorpio or maybe there's a new Scorpio. I don't know. Well, this is the stupid thing about Scorpio. I mean, you're, you're like blasting through a lot of shit real fast right here. But Project Scorpio was like such a confusing thing to me because at E3 they announced it. And they announced... 2016. 2016, yep. And they announced two things. One, that they were going to get the like slim version, right? Or the whatever. S. And then they were going to get the like 4K version or whatever. Scorpio. Um, because that's what PlayStation announced the same thing or whatever. So I'm just confused about which piece was Project Scorpio, if any of it was Project Scorpio. Like, I have no idea. I don't get it. It was my understanding that this console, the Xbox One X, was going to be called Xbox Scorpio. 
Well, that's so, what I thought was Project Scorpio. Well, because you remember what the Switch's code name was, the NX. Uh, yeah, I do. So a lot of people are just like, well, they should just call it that code name at this point because that's what I know. It's like so it. stupid. So a lot of people, you know. But I guess that's the same idea. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of speculation about what this thing would be called. You know, Xbox One is a ridiculous name. Yeah, it's for so it to be stupid. the third iteration of a console. It's so stupid. Xbox is it's such an everything about their branding is stupid. Yeah, I mean, so there's like a slightly humorous story about how xbox came to be but because i guess some of the firmware or software that they use was by like x direct which is mm-hmm. like stuff that you need oh it came in the xbox so there so it was like right. the x direct box and right. they lost direct and it was the xbox and it all made sense at the time but right. like to everybody who's not part of that conversation it's like well that's weird well xbox is fine but xbox 360 makes no sense and xbox one makes no, no sense. it does because they they're back where they started with the 360? That's right. How are they back where they started? It was the second console. Yeah. So it's, it's the same circle. thing. Right. No, you're right. It's for stupid. It's for stupid. Um, no, so, and then what is wrong with one Xbox One, Xbox Two, Xbox Three? Like, I just don't get it. Yeah, well, I mean, Nintendo didn't have a number strategy. No, Nintendo's stupid also, but at least the difference... And Sega never did either. The big difference... Well, we're talking about... When you talk about Sega, that's like a way longer time ago in terms of gaming than now. Sure, now that PlayStation was, was just moving forward with the numbers. With Nintendo, though. Yeah, but Xbox was parallel with the PlayStation, so it should realize that that's where we're at now. I don't know. Maybe it shouldn't. Whatever. But Nintendo, the thing about Nintendo, to me at least, to give it credit, is like all their systems are like so different. They look so different. They were so different. At the end of the day, an Xbox like looks like an Xbox. Well, to be fair, I mean... PlayStation 3, Forward 2. Yeah, I mean, they all look slightly different, but they're, like, streamlined and whatever. Friggin' Nintendo had... I mean, obviously, there were cartridges, so that made things look different. So maybe I'm being unfair, but, like... Yes. Then they made the fucking GameCube, which was a fucking cube with, with weird fucking discs, and then... They, cube? And then right, yeah. Wii and Wii U look the same, fair enough, but they were called the same thing. And yeah. now the fucking Switch looks like God knows what, so, like... Switch. It looks like a Switch. Yeah. So, uh, that's all I'm saying. Like, yeah, I don't know. I mean, all I'm, all I guess my point is that Sony was the first one to do it. It's not weird that Microsoft didn't follow suit, you know, but. But it's certainly, I mean, if three, I had no problem when they called the Xbox 360, the Xbox 360. I was like, that's fine. The other thing was called the Xbox, this is the Xbox 360, fine. But Xbox One is a No, Xbox One is ridiculous. (laughs) And of course, so the abbreviation for Xbox One was the XB for Xbox Mm -hmm. and then One. Mm -hmm. Together, it's the X-Bone. Yeah, For whatever reason, their entire marketing department didn't realize it. Right. And then once people started calling it X-Bone when it was announced that whatever E3 that was two years ago, five years ago, whatever, people were like, in Microsoft, like, we hate it. Right. So, presumably, uh, people are speculating that this is the way it is so that the abbreviation is just Xbox X, right? Instead of Xbox One X. Right. So, X-B-O-X. Xbox Yeah, One just X. X-B-O-X in all caps is what I've seen people referring to it right. as. So, again, no X-Bone, though. So right. I, I, it's There's almost no bone, like right. the whole reason they named it this way is to get rid of Bone. Yeah, maybe. Which is ridiculous. Anyway, so... The article from Polygon 10 minutes ago was speculating that Xbox One X is announced at $500 per console. Um, right, correct. So because PlayStation is already $100 cheaper than that. They sell $399 for their PlayStation Pro. PlayStation 4 Pro, I think okay. it's called, right? Yep. Um, so they're already cheaper. So okay. the Polygon article went on to say that they could like 
give a huge middle finger and rub it all over Xbox's face if they like gave a fifty dollar price cut, even for a stretch. Right. Being like, now we're gonna sell it three fifty. Right. So you could get our four K console. Right. Um, that's already out for a hundred and fifty dollars less right. than our competitors' consoles. Right. Um, they didn't end up doing it. They right. they kind of they didn't even really bring it up. Right. This was just somebody saying they could have. Sony never even speculated they were going to do that. No, but Sony Sony has done things, things though, like where that. Uh, because I think actually that's where this Scorpio bullshit comes from, is because they were all fancy with their names and hiding and stuff, and then Sony came back right after and actually announced the PlayStation Four Pro. Right. So they're like they're teasing, we're right. showing. Right. So there's that's always kind of been the methodology behind how Sony's done these press just, conferences yeah. and they didn't do that this time. Yeah, it just feels like they don't have to. Their thing is already a hundred bucks cheaper. That's substantial. Well, you know, it's like just like because Xbox will just continue to be a regular competitor, I guess. So this was an option for them to like shut them out. Yeah. Like this is a big investment that they're putting for the 4K game. I don't know if I buy that, but I I get it. I get what he's saying for sure. Or he or she, the author of this article. All right. Well, fuck them. I get it. I just don't know that it would kill Microsoft to have the PS4 Pro be $50 cheaper. It's already I mean, the, 100 cheaper. The install base is far larger for Sony. Right. I'm just saying in terms of like no longer making Xbox a viable competitor by totally pricing them out. Yeah. Because if you're in a situation where you're going to buy a 4K console because you have a 4K television. Right. Like would... I think it's really up in the air if you'd stick within your ecosystem or go for the competitor because you already own that console. Right. You have here, oh my goodness, you have here that um, obviously all the Xbox One stuff will work on the Xbox X. Right. Xbox One X. Um, so it's like you could just like smoothly upgrade. Right. But it's all the same stuff also. There's no games that will come out, as far as we know, for the Xbox One X that you can't play on the Xbox One. Right. So, um, if you already have an Xbox One, this is announced, maybe you would buy the PlayStation 4 Pro if you're looking for a 4K video game solution. I see. Because it's just so much cheaper and it's not redundant software. Right, right, right. That kind of thing. Interesting. I mean, again, it's all speculative and it didn't end up happening, but that was a big thing that was kind of going around for a hot minute. Um, So, they announced a bunch of specs talking about teraflops and you know eight bajillion pixels per yeah. screen or whatever i don't know what that means but for nerds who do know what that means it sounds a lot better yeah like I mean, substantially better than the ps4 pro yeah well, the numbers are bigger and right fancier yeah more so again I, i'm not going to notice the difference you're even more tech savvy than me you're and not going to notice, notice the, the difference, difference yeah. but somebody probably is yeah. So maybe they care. I mean, this is like a not a luxury console, but this is definitely for yeah, it's a different. Yeah, kind of is though. I would say yeah, both the PS4 it's a Pro. Different caliber of gamer for sure. It's sort of like buying a Lexus instead of a Toyota. Yeah. <laughs> so, so yeah, there you go. So we'll go back to Nintendo for a bit. Um, so real quick, Super Mario Odyssey. Uh, they showed more. Uh, sorry, you're. I want to go back to Rocket League just for one second because I just want it to be known because I didn't say it when we first started talking about Rocket League for the Switch um, that all the game modes and all the stuff that is that Psyonix is currently put out for for Rocket League will be available on the Switch immediately also I just think it's worth saying so it's the full game plus this bonus stuff that Nintendo's going to add to it that you'll only get to have if you have it on the Switch which is 
the items like the Mario and Luigi hat and also some exclusive cars. Right. Um, and it's going to have everything else. And I think that presumably means things like the Hot Wheels cars and I the, mean, um, when it launched on Xbox, it did the same thing. Right. What was currently out for Rocket League is part of the Xbox thing yeah. when it first came out. So it makes sense that Psyonix would continue that trend. Yeah. But you are correct. I believe Fast and Furious cars, Rocket League cars, Back to the Future car, Batman right. car will all be available to purchase. Right. Yes. Right. Yeah. I don't. You won't get them all because no other console has them all. Right, right, right. right, So you have to buy them piecemeal. But right, right. Um, Yeah. But yeah, I mean that's pretty cool. It does make the the version on the Switch seem because I because part of my thing when they announced this, I was like, well, who the fuck cares? If you're playing Rocket League, you're gonna keep playing it on whatever you're playing it on. Why are you gonna go out and buy another console to play it on that console instead? But I feel like they've started to make a bit of a compelling argument. Because they're going to have everything your console has and more. You know, so if you're really that into it, maybe you want to play it for the Switch. But I also have to say, well, but the Switch has those other controllers too. But I have to say, like, I can't imagine playing it on the Switch only because it seems uncomfortable. The other thing too that, um, I mean, you have to play online. Right. You're not going on a bus to play this game. Right. Right. So, you know, it, the, everybody loves the fact that you could play Breath of the Wild on a bus or a train yeah, or whatever. Yeah, right. It's true, but that that is not going to be available for Rocket League unless you're doing training or some shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. totally. Okay. Okay, Super Mario Odyssey. Go ahead. So it came out. The whole game came out. It's already out. <laughs> uh, no, Just they, kidding. They put out a proper gameplay trailer. Um, you know, they there was some other more in-depth stuff on some other websites and things like that that I didn't watch, but I did watch the main gameplay trailer of it. And it looks like Mario, but weirder. Yeah, in a I've way like, that I feel like probably how I would have felt if I was paying attention during Sunshine or Galaxy or that kind of thing. Yep. Right. Yeah, that's exactly how both Sunshine and Galaxy felt, I think. Like, it was the same thing, but different. Um, I have some questions about Super Mario Odyssey in terms of, like, open-worldness. Right. Um, I think it kind of looks like that, but it's hard to tell because, like, with Sunshine and Galaxy, there was an ability to run around... To go find the levels. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, there's like a... Um, the same way in Mario 64. Like a hub I don't world. know which one you played. Right. Right, right, right. So, um, so yeah. So, I don't know if it's going to work like that or if it's going to be... Um, if there's actually some proper open world elements to it. It seems huge, no matter what. Right. No matter how you split it. Like, all the levels seem, like, wildly different. Seems really big. Seems really cool. I guess the whole game is somehow about his hat and the cool things it can do. Right. Um, it seems cool. It seems different. I mean, sometimes sometimes I hate the Mario franchise and I wish it would die. And other times I have to commend Nintendo because they do seem to do a good job at reinventing it. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's one of those weird things where, like, did this have to be a Mario game? No. Probably not. Yeah, but, you that's know, it is. But um, that's the brand and they'll sell more games that way. And right. Makes sense. Um, so that comes out October. October twenty seventh, twenty seventeen. You know, it's pretty. It's. I mean, it's going to be like <laughs> the end of the year thing for Switch. Like it's the thing, unless they announce something in between. But like this was their chance, and at this point, it's probably almost done. Like they're getting really close to having to start print that on disc. Yeah. You know? yeah. So, right. You know, we're we're not going to see a lot of changes now. I don't think. Right. Um, okay, so I guess we could skip all this, but I do want to quickly touch on. Um, the untitled Pokemon RPG. Yeah. Um, so it's for Switch. Yep. Uh, it may not release anytime soon. Yeah, they, um, 
I forget his name, but whoever is in charge of Pokemon at Nintendo made just like a very quick announcement about it. It was like Carl. <laughs> yeah, it's not Carl. It's obviously some very Japanese name. Right. Um, he um, just said like it, he had like a two minute little spiel about it, and he said it may not release for more than a year, which is even vaguer than all these other games that Nintendo announced um, that they were just like 2018, right. <laughs> which right. I think is hopeful for a lot of those games too. Like I think they're just saying that, but who knows? They'll yeah. come out when they're finished, right. which might not be till 2019. So I feel like this untitled Pokemon RPG is even further away. Right. Like I don't. I, so, but I don't know. Um, they are developing it with Game Freak, who are the people who made the Pokemon RPGs on the handhelds. Um, and yeah, I guess I'm just really interested to see what it'll be. I mean, everybody is. I mean, my understanding is it's being positioned as like a game just like those Pokemon games on the handhelds. On the handhelds. And just like, not in the sense of like the same gameplay, but in that it's made with that spirit. Like you can like you can say you play Yellow, you play Crystal, you right. play Heart Gold, and right. then you play whatever this is. Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. Like that's how it's like being treated. That makes sense to me. For sure, and I imagine it'll mostly just be the same, but I guess I'm curious as to what the advancements of it will be because you have a console behind you as opposed to a handheld um, right. system, right. Um, which could be not much. I don't know. Um, I mean, you didn't play some of the ones on DS because you don't think you ever had a yeah, DS. Yeah, no, I never had a DS. I mean, some of those looked pretty nice. Yeah. I mean, they were still basically flat, but the way they did some of the 3Ds when you're in a city... Right. Um, like the buildings had shape and depth and stuff like that, and it still looked like those old games, but there was a... Yeah, no, for sure. But I just like think, like, I mean, in theory, the gameplay of it could be entirely different. It doesn't have to be, like, choosing moves. It could right, be, like, a, right. you know, like, fucking Pokemon tournament or whatever. Like, sure. you could actually battle, maybe, or have some other way of doing it because you have the whole console as opposed to that sort of right. choosing your moves things works really well on a handheld so well, we were just talking know. about this morning about jrpgs though mm -hmm. and like you know final fantasy 7 is pokemon right like you're in a thing and you've got 3d models with swords and guns and monsters that you call but you're still waiting and you're picking down a menu and being like attack use this attack hit this guy you right know? so um I understand what you're saying in terms of like there'll be an increase in technology, so they don't have to do that. Right. But that's definitely like part of a genre. Oh, absolutely, absolutely, yeah. and I totally get that. I'm just like I don't know if they or will. will they I don't will, know. Will not, like right? you know, so. And I guess my point is, it could be really exciting if they make a big change. Yeah. If it's basically just another version of the handhelds, but on a console, I don't really see the point. Except that obviously the Switch is also a handheld, so um, you know. I don't know. Because I don't know instance, if they're going to make something after a 3DS. Right? Like, are they going to keep making handhelds? I don't know. It's a big question I have with the Switch in general. So I read an interview today with Reggie, who works with, like, the North America Nintendo. Mm -hmm. And he said that, because part of the article slant, and it's from Waypoint, if you guys want to look it up. But um, he talks, he was questioned as to why indie developers weren't part of their thing um shovel knight and shit like that sure like, sure you know not specifically because that's already before but things like that because there are a bunch of indie people who are making games for the switch and that's kind of what's giving it the switch its legs now while right. we wait for these big releases you know um and reggie went on to say that part of his or their goal was to focus on like the stuff that people haven't heard enough about 
So how is 3DS going to be supported moving forward? Right. And how is the Switch going to continue to be supported throughout the year? Right. Um, but because they included 3DS, and here you know we've even got some Metroid Prime stuff, um, I think that is kind of an interesting thing because they could let it die. The 3DS. Yeah. Like yeah. I, I understand sorry, some not games Metroid being, Prime. Samus Returns is coming out for the 3DS. Metroid but Prime it's part is of the Metroid um, franchise. Though. Yeah, 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 yeah right. right. Not Metroid Prime. Right. Yeah, Metroid Prime Four is um, coming out for the Switch. But you know, I mean, th- you know, I don't. They've known about the Switch for however long. Yeah. So they could have not developed games see, since yeah, for yeah. 3DS, and obviously they still wanted to. Right. And I don't know if that's them being unsure if the Switch would take off the way it did. Yeah, it might be. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I mean only time's going to tell on that one. I, I don't know. Yeah. It's a good question. And I, I think this Pokemon game could really like speak to that right? one right. way or the other. Um, real quick, do you want to touch on the um, the DLC for Breath of the Wild? Oh, sure. So I'm just going to like bang through this really yep. quick. So the, the Breath bang of the Wild. Bang it out. Bang it out. So the Breath of the Wild DLC packs, there's two of them. You have to buy them together. Okay. You cannot buy one or the other. You have to buy them both with something called the Expansion Pass, is what they're calling it. I see. Costs 20 bucks. Um, if you buy it, the Master Trials, which is the first DLC pack, is released uh, June 30th, which is next week, or like today, the, right. the day this episode is released. Um and that is going to include the Heroes Path mode, which is that lo- location tracker yeah. where you can track your footsteps. At, which, by the way, it doesn't look like footsteps. It's like a line. It's like a line. Yeah, right. just so we're all clear. People have been saying footsteps, and I keep being like, is it going to look like footprints? That's weird. Yeah. It doesn't. There's going to be some new armor. Notably, I noticed that there was a Majora's mask, the, the mask piece as a, as a headpiece. There was some Twilight Princess garb that looks sort of like what Midna wears with mm. the um, that like stone the kind stone, of stuff. Yeah. yeah. Um, there was a Tingle costume, which looks so gross and silly. Um, the other thing it's going to have is a Korok mask, which helps you find Koroks. Oh, that's cool. Which is cool. Yeah. And then it has something called the Master Mode, which I think is just a harder mode. Or actually, maybe that's the um, that's like the Horde Mode. I think. I know there was oh, a Horde Mode. Oh, there's thing. there's like a. Uh, always fighting dungeon wave mode something or yeah other. something like yeah. that so that's what's in the master trials the second dlc pack is called the champions ballad uh they're gonna release that sometime around the holidays of this year um 2017 um we don't really like there's no information about what that's really gonna mm. have in it so if you're buying i mean it's sort of like when you bought um i did this i bought the um Mario Kart 8 DLC, right. and it came with some characters later. And it didn't. It had question marks over their faces. Right, and stuff you didn't know it. who they were going to be yet, or whatever. Which ended up being what the the Animal Crossing villagers. Ooh, is that what that was? I can't remember. Maybe I didn't do it. Oh no, it was the Animal Crossing right. villagers. I think because we because bought it we because knew of Link. Link, right? yeah, yeah. Anyway, so so we'll see. But it clearly probably has something to do with the four champions. What I was going to say, I I do believe I've heard reports prior to E3 that it was going to be story stuff. Right. Like supplemental story missions. It looks like missions, story stuff right, based right. on what they showed, but I don't want to make any... I'm not jumping right. any conclusions about what it is, but it definitely has to do with the four champions. It almost looks like maybe they're playable or something, mm. or maybe we get more of their backstories or something like that, right. but um, but I'm not sure. Yeah. Uh, and nobody... Yeah, nobody really knows. So um, the other crazy thing about Zelda, and I did not know this at all until E3, um, I don't know if it was announced before that, but there are going to be some Zelda items in the Nintendo version of Skyrim, mm. which is pretty cool. So, like, that blue tunic that is now famous from Breath of the Wild is going to be a, a 
uh, armor piece or whatever For in Skyrim. Skyrim. Right. There's a Hillian shield. Uh, I saw somebody riding Epona through through the world of Skyrim. The chests were there too, like the you know the sort of do 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 do's. And uh, the master sword is definitely a, a equipable weapon. So. That's kind of cool. I have to say, looking at it, I was like, this looks so weird. Like, opponent's like running through Skyrim, and I just don't even know what to do with that. Like, right. my brain can't, like, it's kind of weird, but it's pretty cool. Um, also, they announced that they are going to make um, amiibos for Breath of the Wild, which will be the four champions, Mifa, Daruk, Rivali, and Urbosa. Uh, they'll be used in, for, for Breath of the Wild only. And I, from what they said is that they would have they would work in the expansions as well. So I don't know what they'll do. And maybe particularly they might have something to do with the Champions Ballad mm-hmm. DLC pack, but that's all speculation at this point. So gotcha. I don't know, but they look cool. Yeah. 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 I like Amiibos. They're just cool figurines. Yeah, we've only got the one, but I, I wish I had one or two myself. Well, we can buy all the four champions because I think they're dope. Great. Done. Man, I just realized there's going to be a bunch of great art at Comic-Con this year with the four champions. I want that for our house. We are currently recording in Side our note. game room. Yeah. Um, which is echoey, but you'll deal with it because it's quiet and you don't hear click clacking of dog feet as loudly as you had previously. <laughs> but it could use some artwork. So we're going to get some go. Breath of the Wild We'll artwork. get some four champions. Um, do you want to go down the list as is or do we want to go back up to one of the other um, publishers? Um, I think we should go back up. Yeah, let's okay. talk about Sony or let's talk about... So let's just go straight up to uh, Xbox then. Okay. We're going on a trip to my favorite rocket Well, we ship. already talked about the Xbox One X. Right. So, uh, Minecraft 4K. I got to say, it looks pretty for what it is. Yeah. It's it's weird. Um, it seems like what they're doing is they will include a free graphics pack that, um, you know, you could kind of mod your instance of Minecraft on your PC to have better shading or more realistic water or the clouds you know because that stuff you don't you don't interact with the clouds and the shadows are irrelevant but it kind of adds something to this blocky world um that i don't know why but it, it's really an immense approve, improvement for it yeah um so it seems like that'll be a free thing they include right um the weird thing about minecraft in general though is that the PC version is so much more full. You can make your own skin or upload whatever skin anybody else has made for free. In the console versions, you actually have to buy a pack of skins um, to utilize from the official developers, you know? So, like, I made a um, skin in Minecraft on PC a while ago. That's me. So it's a dude wearing a Captain America shirt with big glasses and red shorts and, you know, uh, tube socks with stripes in them. Looks just like me. It's mm-hmm. perfect if I were square. Um, but I did that for free. I couldn't do that on console. So, um, you know, you have to buy all that stuff. But it seems like they're trying to bring in more of these things from the PC world. Because um, PCs were a lot of those Minecraft minigames started from. The Hunger Games type thing. Mm-hmm. Um, the Sky Island type thing, which I don't know if I ever showed you me playing. But, like, there's two different versions. There's one where you're on just a huge floating island and, like, Hunger Games, everybody just is cast there. So, like, you have to build to a main island, but people are trying to shoot you with bows and arrows. Or there's another one where you start on a small cinder block island with a bucket of water and a bucket of lava. Mm-hmm. And there's a way to incorporate those two elements to get um, cobblestone. 
And then when you remove that cobblestone block, they'll do it again, and they just keep repeating that process. So that's how you can create a sky fortress or some shit, whatever. It doesn't matter. Couldn't do that in the console version. Gotcha. Until they started like doing official releases from... Um, I forget who develops the console versions. It's not just Mojang, it's someone else. But anyways, a lot of Minecraft talk. It actually looks okay. Um, maybe yeah. almost want to play it until I realized that PS4 wasn't going to do the damn connectivity with the other things. And I was like, well, that's stupid. Although I do own it on my tablet, so I could do it that way. Right. Um, so to a question that Amanda has here, is 4K really necessary for something like Minecraft? Yeah, I mean, I have to say, like, it looks super pretty, mm -hmm. Um, mm -hmm. and it definitely looks crisper, and it definitely looks better, and, uh, like, no doubt about any of it, but but it that seems nuts to me. Yeah, I mean, because it looked pretty in the trailer from where we were watching it already. Right. I don't think I need it to look nicer than that. Right. And again, there's 16 fucking squares on the dude's face to make pixels, you know, like... Right. It, people's faces aren't going to start looking more realistic. They're just still going to be blocks with eyes and a mouth. Right. Well, and I mean, it was part of the pitch for the Xbox One X that I listened to anyway, where the, the Microsoft person who was talking about it was talking about how even if you don't have a 4K t TV, the Xbox One X is still worth it. And of course, he's just trying to sell you something. Right, right. But he was saying like it would still look better than the Xbox One looks. Yeah. So, um but I just think for Minecraft, I'm like, why do I need better gra graphics in a game like Minecraft? It's true. I mean, only insofar as I need better graphics in everything because I much rather look at something right. that's crisp and clean than look at something that is fuzzy and grainy or something. But like, it just seems really unnecessary for that type of gameplay. Yeah, you know, what? I'm I'm having a thought here, Amanda. Okay. Is this a separate title for the Xbox? So well, they're the ones who announced it. Well, yes, but I mean, like, if you own Minecraft on Xbox already, do you, and you try to install it on your Xbox One X, um, does it up-res to... No, I don't think so. So it's a, so I, I can own it already on Xbox One and I have to buy the 4K version, we think? I think so. That's ridiculous. That's yeah. the stupidest thing I've ever heard and I hate it. If that's okay. the case. I think so. Like, I think it's a, a new version of the game that they're because, releasing. Because, like, like, PlayStation 3 has Minecraft. PlayStation well, 4 has Minecraft. Now I feel like we should pause the show for a second and check. check. We, 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 we can do an addendum at the end of the episode. Okay. Like we did with Wonder Woman. Okay. Uh, we'll come back. Just everybody remember. Okay, we'll come back to Minecraft, guys. <laughs> okay. Um, we'll skip that. I guess... We'll bring up State of Decay real quick for Xbox because we're going to talk about Days Gone for PlayStation. And okay. I think you have a valid note here that they seem similar. Yep. Um, so from what I read, State of Decay was a game that came out back in 2013, also according to Amanda's notes here. That was for 360, and then a remastered version came out for Xbox One. Yep. It was a single-player-only game at the time. Mm. This seems to be really leaning heavily on this multiplayer thing. Yeah. Um, it also seemed like what you do is you kind of develop a base in the first one so you are living with a bunch of other survivors and you in can the first build, game correct, sorry correct, okay. sorry um and you could build towers and stuff like all your defenses and it seems like you're basically building a habitable fortress and that's like the point of the game is right. to continue to see how long you could last um this seems to be different because there's a lot of driving in this trailer right you're playing with four people and you don't really seem to run into npcs right so it almost i mean Aside from it being in the same setting, it seems super different compared to how the game. first one sounds, right? Yeah. 
Um, so it's it's interesting that they went that way. I don't know if that was feedback they had, but the first game was apparently really well received. Yeah, I definitely heard good things about it. Yeah. Um, but I never played it. I didn't have an Xbox, so right. right. Yeah. Um, so then let's so again just for the sake of flow, let's jump into Days Gone. Okay. Um, so this is the PlayStation Four apocalyptic zombie game. It stars uh, Sam Witwer, who played Star Killer in the Star Wars Force Unleashed series, as well oh, as cool. yeah, as well as um, he had a pretty big role in Battlestar Galactica for a stretch. And you may recognize him from the Always Sunny in Philadelphia episode, where the dudes are trying to get guy friends. Oh yeah, yeah. And he's one of the guys holding the penis slash arm muscle. I see. Invite. Nice. Okay, so so now that we've got that, it's it's a single player game. The graphics are much better looking from what we're presented, and uh, you put it here, and I agree. You, it's kind of like a Last of Us meets Uncharted in that it's as uh, openly confrontational as Uncharted, like like you fight out in the open, but the the need for not being too out in the open like last of us because especially in the sense of these zombies like you could get overwhelmed i don't think you could be an individual person fighting as many zombies as are presented at the end of that gameplay trailer right um so right it's both i feel like when you're fighting humans maybe it's a little different maybe you could be a little bit more gung-ho about it but you're probably now looking at your face thinking about uncharted 4's stealth mechanics right i'm not thinking about any of that i'm just trying to follow what you're saying (laughs) well because like last of us meets uncharted why I think it seems like Last of Us meets Uncharted because it seems like there's like a lot of Uncharted-like mechanics in it in terms of the gameplay of it, like the action, the adventuriness of it, set in a post-apocalyptic world right. like Last of Us. Okay. That's what I mean. That's what I said. Right. But that's fine. I must have been too worried about I it. I was, yeah, I was... Sorry, confused. listeners. Sorry. I was just trying to follow you. I was like, what? There's no release date, but apparently it's for Q2 2018. No. There's no release date. Um, there was speculation online that mm, okay. um, it won't be until at least Q2 of 2018. Otherwise, we'd probably have a date for it. I see. Okay. So we won't be seeing this game till at least late next year. So we've got we've got a ways to go for this one. Would you play it? Uh, I mean, I'd like to see more of it for sure. I think it looks like a really compelling story. I think the character, the main character, it seems based on that trailer. Um, seems like an interesting person um, who I feel like I could like and that's important to me when I play a game so um, so yeah I, I think so I think it seems cool okay potentially cool so with that let's jump to Last of Us 2 and I'm going to let you take the lead here okay great so Last of Us 2 got announced at um, I, I don't even know that it was at anything but it was huh. it was in December yeah. of 2016 so it was just a few months ago Six, wow, six months ago, wow. Um, it wasn't really at E3. Neil Druckmann, who works for Naughty Dog, um, he had posted on Twitter because a lot of people were asking about why didn't, they didn't show more about it or whatever at, um, at E3. He, his quote was, Believe me, we're super excited to show you more of Ellie and Joel's second journey, but right now it's Chloe and Nadine's time to shine, referring to Uncharted Lost Legacy, which we'll talk about, but had a huge spot at E3. Mm. Um so yeah, it's also I think part in part because we don't know when we're gonna see this game at all. Like I have no idea how much they've developed. They could have just made that trailer because for those of us who saw that trailer of just Ellie playing the guitar or whatever, like it's not really. 
They don't have to have a lot of the game developed to have created just that. They just have to know what Ellie's going to look like, basically. Um, So some people are predicting that we're not going to see it until late 2018 at like the earliest. So similar to Days Gone. Um, But some people are even predicting that the release will get put off until the next console generation, which won't be until like 2020 is what people are are speculating. Mm -hmm. All of that said, motion capture for this game has begun. It's been going on in 2017. so I feel like if I had to guess, I think late 2018 seems kind of fair. Maybe 2019, early 2019. I don't think they'll wait for PS5. Right. But I don't know. It depends. It depends on a lot of things. But it seems like if they're doing motion capture in 2017, we've got to be closer to it than we are farther away, at least. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's all I've got, though. Well, thanks a lot, Amanda. Um, I will say in regards to uh, Last of Us 2 that uh, I I agree with you. I could see it late 2018 to being delayed 2019. Um, And I think we should jump right into Uncharted Lost Legacy also because, um, so I don't know if you recall, but the creative team behind Uncharted 4 was canned. And then the... It was a it was like a there was a woman lead who kind of like ran Uncharted for a long stretch, and then the team behind Last of Us actually took over Uncharted Four, which is why Uncharted Four is kind of really its own thing, in in you know context of that whole franchise. So I think it also makes sense what uh, Druckmann here is saying because it's the same team probably that's developing both of these things, and because Uncharted has this release date in weeks. Um, it makes sense as to why he's uncertain as to when they'll get to this next thing. So Uncharted Lost Legacy focuses on Chloe and Nadine. Chloe being... Chloe Fraser. Thank you. From Uncharted 2 was her first game, and she came back in Uncharted 4? 3. 3, I think. 3. Yeah. 3-3. And I guess technically 4, since this is DLC for... But she wasn't in the main story. It's not DLC for 4. What is it? It's its whole new game. Well, let me talk about it. Okay. Um, Well, because I was going to say, because Nadine is... From Uncharted 4, yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, so what's kind of crazy about this game is so uh, when we first heard about it, and this is why you think this, it's a totally reasonable thing to think, was that it was just going to be some kind of DLC for Uncharted 4 um, where, like, I, I guess what had happened, what had happened was... The team started talking about making Uncharted 5, like, about the possibility of doing it, and they decided instead that they were just going to make a DLC for Uncharted 4. Yeah. Um, but as you were saying about The Last of Us Part Two, because that was happening simultaneously, that wanted that led them to wanting to do something that was more condensed um, for a sooner release, because they didn't want it to interfere with right. Last of Us Part Two. Um, Lost Legacy got announced at the PlayStation Experience event last December 2016. Right. And there was that debut gameplay trailer. And I can't remember. I think at the time, people still might have been talking about it as DLC. But it's actually, it's it's totally its own game. You can't down, like, well, you can download it because you can download any game. But you're going to be able to walk into a GameStop in August, on August 22nd, and pick up this game. Well, so I guess the question is, is it like a $60 game? That I don't Which know. Which we don't know pricing, that's fair. Um, because like, for example... Because I thought it was going to be like The Last of Us Left Behind. That's what I thought it was going to be. This additional thing that was like two hours or so of gameplay that cost 
I figured it twenty bucks, would be a bit more, but yeah, that's fair. You know, like well, because I'm similar. wondering if it still might be like twenty or thirty bucks. Because if we look at Metal Gear Solid Five, that was like a whole game, and it was released into two parts: Ground Zeroes, which is that prequel that ended up being free to play if you had PlayStation Plus, and then proper Metal Gear Solid Five: Phantom Pain, right? And those were released months apart from each other, right? You know, not a full year, but months, and. Um, Ground Zeroes obviously was originally part of the main game, so because of that, they're the same engine and all that jazz. Similarly, I imagine this is running off of the Uncharted Four engine, also. I like, I you know, they they can talk about it when they want to, but you know, how many more improvements to that engine did they make to make this game, or is it really just like they said, approaching it as DLC within Uncharted Five, right? Uh, four rather. So. Yeah, I guess it'll be interesting to see because really you could still charge $60 for an 8 to 10 hour story. Yeah. Because um, that's essentially what Uncharted 4 was. Like maybe it was 12 hours. Yeah, I, I don't know how much content it'll be. I mean, I have to say it seems really fast. But also that said, and to your point about them working off of the Uncharted 4 engine, it's like the game looks the same as Uncharted yeah, 4. That's right. Um, so it seems like they could just use a lot of the same stuff in a way um but i don't know so i'm not really sure in terms of length or anything like that or what the cost will be but it is kind of crazy how how it came about yeah um but it's i mean it's really exciting i think chloe's a great character i know jerry doesn't like her as much as i do i no, i like her you just like elena better i like elena better that's totally fair but i like chloe obviously in this context right i would be interested to see an elena story now that we're talking about her that would be awesome um but this makes sense because if there's going to be a female analog to nathan drake in that world it's chloe and nadine for that matter too also a total badass so which can i say yeah don't understand why they're teaming up i assume we're going to find out why yeah um, but I don't know if I'm a fan of it. Oh, interesting. Well, because we meet Nadine, spoiler alert, as like the head of her own mini army. Right. Right. Uh, Rex, what's his name? Rafe? Rafe. Rafe. Hires her and her whole mercenary goon squad to help find this thing. And she's like the boss. Right. So it seems weird to see her running around with Chloe kind of like... I don't know. I just feel like she, because we know her to be high tech, high planning, you know, on top of her shit. So this seems weird to see her kind of like in like a, literally in a Nathan Drake position where she seems to be the one up against the odds where she was the odds in the last game. Right. You know, and again, I'm sure we'll explore it. Right. But that, that's, that, I think that was off-putting to me when I watched it. I was like, I had more questions, I guess. And it made me, it was a little difficult for me to, like, focus on just them pairing up. Though, there is some conflict between the two of them that we see in that trailer. Right. So, this game is going to be set, reportedly, 6 to 12 months after the events of Uncharted 4. Mm -hmm. Um, So, I I can't tell you why they're teaming up. But, to be fair, Chloe isn't really, like, good guy material the way Nathan Drake is good guy material either. That's right. So, it seems like, because it seems like Nathan, like, he's kind of a hero, so... If asked to team up with Nadine to because he realizes they have a similar goal, he might not do it because he's like a good person. Right. He thinks she's doing it for the wrong reasons or whatever, but Chloe would. So to me, they could both be after the same artifact for two different reasons. Right, right. And um, they just are deciding that it would 
be better to work together than not yeah you know until the point at which they're not or right. something so like there's a lot of things that i think it could be um but i do think it's really exciting and it's just really exciting to have two women lead this game well i hope it uh does well it's highly anticipated and people are really excited okay, about it good. Yeah. so i think well, I, I hope because again even based on what you've written here i i'm still it wasn't clear to me that this is not just DLC right. or some form of mini game. Well, and I do think that is going to hurt this game a little bit in the end. So that I, I hope that news comes out to be more it. clear. Yeah. But yeah, I think as soon as it comes out and people start playing it, people will realize, and hopefully it's good, assuming it's good, um, then people will be really, um, they'll be there for it. But yeah. I'm really excited. I, I think both those characters are really great. And I, you know, all I would want out of an Uncharted series is to see more of them. I also think, as a personal opinion, it's the right thing to do over doing Uncharted 5 starring Nathan Drake. Because, like, Nathan Drake has had four games. And, and he's a great character and it, I love him. And his story ended. But his story ended, yeah. yeah. So, so, but I love Uncharted, so of course I want to see more Uncharted. So, yeah, pick these other characters that we love. I think you're making a great argument game. that I agree with you a lot. Yeah. <laughs> you are often not on this side of the conversation. Yeah. You are often telling me sequels are stupid and I don't care what you want. Stop crying. <laughs> well, but this is different though because it's not a... Because cont- the thing that would, I'd be in the reverse situation, even though I want more Uncharted, if they did Uncharted 5 starring Nathan Drake, I'd be like, I don't want this. Even though I would still play it because I love Uncharted. But like, I'm really excited about this because I think they're making the good decision of using that universe but switching to somebody else in that universe. Right. Which is even what we speculated at the end of Uncharted 4 in our Uncharted 4 episode of this podcast right, with like them with doing it with, with Nathan right, and Elena's something. daughter. Yeah. I just think it's the right thing to do. And I'm just glad they're doing it. I think yeah. it's the right choice. I mean, you know, I don't know if we talked about this. We didn't do a Star Wars episode. But I mean, like, that's what is exciting about these anthology films for Star Absolutely. Wars. Absolutely. Is because obviously I don't want them to do shitty Star Wars movies. But I want that world. Yeah. You know, same thing with like. Um, that's what's great about the Ender's Game series too is because you got the Shadow series which is in that world following almost the same stories but it's you know they're not bad because they're you know whatever absolutely Um, and honestly I think you know with our speculation about them after Uncharted 4 doing the game about Nathan and uh, Elena's daughter which I think would be would be great mm -hmm. potentially but like this is smarter we already love chloe and That's nadine correct. they're right. great they're characters, characters who yeah. we don't know enough about so of course we want to see more of them like we don't need the sully game either we know sully but like chloe we don't know that much about so i'd love to see it you yeah. know yeah so it's exciting yep. yep it's i think it's really cool i'm with you good choices good choices <laughs> naughty dog um, you have my endorsement yeah. and you have my money <laughs> <laughs> so the last game that we'll talk about for sony is um, Spider-Man. Yeah. Did we talk about everything for Xbox already? Um, I don't know. Check. Yeah, check we did. The we list. didn't really highlight as much. Um, so if we have a little bit of time, maybe we'll just do a, like a quick thing. Yeah, sure. But, so Spider-Man. So let me tell you, this was announced last year. Yeah. I saw it. I was stoked. Yep. Okay. I agree. Um. The last good there there were two last good Spider-Man games in my opinion, Ultimate Spider-Man, which followed the storyline of Ultimate Spider-Man. Uh, and you could you could play as both Spider-Man and Venom. You could actually do this interesting thing where you like you know you hit all your shoulder buttons at the same time, and you switch to the other character wherever he is in the, in New York City. Oh, neat. Um, yeah, so you could be like on the outskirts and then switch, and then Venom's in Times Square. Cool. Um, 
they both had different gameplay styles. You could start missions as either or, or they had their own story missions or something, but you had to play as both eventually. Mm-hmm. Um, really good. The one just before that, Spider-Man 2, which was a tie-in game for Spider-Man 2, was also very good because Spider-Man's moveset was really robust and um, just traveling felt right. And this was before we got to this place of like stupid, menial side stories. Um, you know, this was before... Because in Spider-Man 3, what they ended up doing was every block, you hit a place where you're like, help, Spider-Man. And you go, and it's two or three thugs assaulting an old man or lady or something. You take them out, you get 10 XP, and then you're on your way. You know, those kinds of things were kind of slowing down the game. And then from there, they just became bad games. <laughs> so it's been a long time. Uh and this, I really think, thus far, is shaping up to be a good game. I think, for me, what is going to be the deal breaker is the open worldness of it. But, um, are you, let me ask a question Are you just as excited post E3 2017 as you were post E3 2016 for this game? Like, is your excitement on, on no. the same level? You're less excited now. Yeah, I'm is so that just excited, because it's like, no. Okay, tell me why. Um, because, so I put here, Looks like Batman Arkham games. I've heard some people say that. Um, so you never play the Arkham games. Right. Um, but the Arkham games have kind of two enemy encounters. Getting to a place and then being in the place and going room to room. Um, from what we see from the gameplay trailer, it seems to be a room to room scenario that we're... You know, you're in this first construction site and there's three bad guys. How do you right. stealthily take them out? Now you've passed, move on to the next construction site, and five bad guys now, you know? Right. Um, so only That's because... That's how the Arkham games work also, is what you're right. saying. Like okay. you're, in a, you're in the library, you take them out, then you move down to the basement, and then you take out a bunch of bad guys. Right. So not bad, but because I've seen it, that's what kind of bummed me out, because it's Spider-Man, it's not Batman, and it's like the potential was vast until I saw it. Now I, you know... Not that it doesn't look bad, but now that I know, it kind of like, uh, you know, shatters some of your hopes and dreams of what it could be. Right. Um, But it looks great. Um, Yeah, I mean, I saw some people arguing. I didn't, I don't, I didn't play the Arkham game, so I didn't have a a leg to stand on. But I, um, on the, on the gameplay trailer on YouTube, some, I scrolled through some of the comments and there were people. Terrible choice of. Uh, <laughs> no, it's it's worth doing sometimes yeah. just to get a sense. I mean, I wasn't like yeah, reading anything. Yeah, yeah, right. So, but some people were making this claim that they seemed a lot like the Batman Arkham games, and some other people were telling those people that they're idiots. Mm. So it does seem like a point of contention. But you're not the only one to have that opinion. Yeah, because I mean, a big thing for Batman, which I, th- if if our if my thought process is correct, like you unlock the gadgets for Batman, mm-hmm. so you get a battering that has a sound thing on it, so you could throw the battering. Activate the sound thing whenever you want, and that causes enemies to be distracted to that point, so you could sneak around the back or whatever. Right. Um, the way Peter's webbing works looks similar, because I don't know if you recall, but I recall an instance where he kind of shoots some type of weird web mine, mm-hmm. and the bad guy walks past, and the web thing shoots, and yeah. gets stuck. So I, I feel like that. there's going to be similar upgrade systems that help you with your stealth. Right. Um, so because of that, I think it's a fair parallel. The biggest difference, honestly, is that it's during the day <laughs> and you're not confined to this. This theoretically could be closer to um, Arkham Knight, 
which is the entirety of Gotham. Right. Um, Arkham City was part of Gotham, and then Arkham Asylum was Arkham Island. Right. Um, so if this is all of Manhattan, then that the openness could be really high and positive. And you know, the other interesting thing too is like the way all the licensing works is that we could still potentially see um, other Marvel properties hinted at in this game. Right. You know, go past Avengers Tower, all that sure. kind of fun stuff, you know. So that's unrelated to the movies, which is nice. Uh, it looks really pretty. I really like his suit. Me too. It's a great looking suit. Yeah, I think he looks great. I think uh, he moves great. Yep. Uh, I think the webbing looks great. I the think fighting it, looks fun. fighting looked fun, yeah. Yep. Nice yeah, and fluid. I think it all looked good. There was a part where he's fighting a big guy, and it's just one big guy. Yeah, yeah. And he's able to dodge him enough that the big guy gets kind of tired. Yep. And I thought that was cool. Yep, me yep. too. Yeah, I, I mean, I think it looks great. I don't have any of the negative thoughts because I never played the Arkham games, so I don't have any of that. So to me... And they're great and games. And I've never played any superhero games right. at all, really. Mm, so mm. so I've got nothing to go on here. So I think it looks cool. I think it looks fun. Yeah. Um, and that, that's about... That's about all I have to to offer, I guess, on it because it's just like it just it looks great. It looks like a good time. Again, you know I, I mean? don't think it's going to be bad. And yeah. The Arkham games are not bad. Right? Yeah, they're good games. So it's People not like a bad them. comparison. Right. I guess just like I said, my disappointment is that I've seen it before. Right. It's not new. Yeah. Yeah. I, as a point for um, story with this game, sorry, you just. I didn't realize. Sorry, no. this is a point of story with this game. Um, the Peter of this universe of, in this game will have been Spider-Man for eight years, so we're not dealing with such a young teenage Peter, which I think is nice, personally. Um, and uh, Kingpin is going to be the sort of big bad, as it were. And somebody named Mr. Negative, who I don't know who is. It's the Asian man in the helicopter. Like when he went negative. The guy who turned like black and white. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. In the trailer, right. I mean, right, that's right, right. who he is. I don't know his deal either, but that's who he was. Gotcha. Um, really, Kingpin is the big bad? Uh, well, from what I read, spoiler alert, people, I think it starts out being a thing about Kingpin and his goons. Right. And you um, kind of overcome him or move past him at some point. And then it's really more about Mr. Negative, I think. Hmm. I think. Interesting. I mean, only because like that's basically what we just saw in that trailer. Right. Okay. I mean, that's what I read. So I don't. I don't know. But that is what I heard. Mm. It comes out in twenty eighteen. Yeah. Sony exclusive. Um, do we want to touch on any of the other things before I scroll down to the last two items at the bottom of the list here? No. Okay. So I'm gonna talk about Anthem first, mostly because one of us at least has information about the other franchise. You do. Okay, Anthem is a new game announced from EA and BioWare. It is a multi-platform game, going to be available on all the big ones uh, except for uh, Nintendo. It's supposed to be a shared shared world shooter, which is the same terminology that has been used to describe Destiny. Um, You control a pilot uh, who is in a suit that is referred to as a javelin. Uh, the javelins apparently have classes, tanky class, all-around class, what have you. Um, these give you certain weapon types and superhuman powers. So we watched the gameplay trailer just before we recorded. There's like super jumps. There's some speed boosting things. One of them was flying around that we were confused about how the flying worked. Um, looks very pretty. Graphics are great. Very pretty. Nothing to scoff at at all. Nope. Um, there are supposed to be these world-altering events. So we saw one. It was called that Shape Storm or something like right, that. Right, right. 
don't really know what it means and I don't really understand how it's world altering yeah like are trees gonna fall and paths are different or something but we'll see Um, I guess what is so there's two things that make this game kind of like this destiny quote unquote killer it's been announced that there's a 10 year plan to support it which is the exact same phrasing that Bungie and Activision had for destiny share world shooter very similar and it also seems to be in this world post-civilization environment where you're one of a select few that go outside of the confines of your living space to a dangerous world of stuff. Now, that being said, thus far, this seems to be already more robust out of the box. There's animals to engage in. There seems to be a fair amount of exploration as part of it. That would right. definitely. I mean, that's what was lacking in Destiny. Absolutely. Is that there's no reason for you to go places you didn't have to go. Yep. Um, you're just going to do the things right. you're there to do. And yeah. you know, people can argue that oh, you could find ghosts or whatever, but again, it's pointless. Right. That's stuff I ended up doing eventually because I had nothing else to do. Right. Right. Um, but not necessary. So this seemed to be fun. Um, there's there's water. There's flying. You know, there's all types of different stuff that we saw in this trailer that Destiny was lacking already. So. Question one. Okay. Can this game and Destiny coexist? It's a good question. Um, I guess it depends on how many people are trying to play these games. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I think what will probably end up happening... I, I, If I'm going to take a stance, I'm going to say yes. I think they can coexist. I don't... It, it's possible that they will both lose audience base because of the other. Because mm-hmm. um, it seems to me like it's going to be one of those things where people will probably settle on one or they'll settle on the other based on whatever minute differences there are between the two that somebody just happens to prefer while somebody prefers the other thing. You like things that are set in space. Perhaps yeah. that makes you like Destiny more. Right. You know, like, or whatever it is. Um, but uh, it is tough because, you know... Both of these games seem to be, they really want you to play with friends. Yes. <laughs> they really want you to have friends. That's right. And they want you to play with them, um, which was a challenge with Destiny. And it was hard to find people, if you're doing pickup games and that kind of thing, just like to pick up a party and to go in and do a, what were they called? The raids. Raids, to go raid or whatever. It's like difficult if you didn't have actual real world friends or even friends that you'd made online yeah. um, to play with. Um and it seems like kind of a bummer if the audience is going to get cut in half, the players, then there'll be even less people for you to play either of these games with right. in terms of like random stuff. Um, and again, not to mention no cross-platform playing ability. Right. So even internally with those game sets themselves are already split across whatever consoles right. they've got. Yeah. yeah, I'd almost say, honestly, what seems like would be the smarter thing in a certain way to do is if um, EA and BioWare sold their game to Microsoft and Bungie and Activision sold their game to PlayStation and then you would just have these two different user bases that are already two different user bases. You know what I mean? Now that you can own Destiny and um, Anthem Anthem for your PS4, which one are you going to play? I mean, you know, like you personally. And I know you don't know because you haven't tried Anthem yet or whatever. I'm going to play Destiny. You're going to play Destiny. (laughs) Well, okay. Because it's set in space. (laughs) That's right. Um, So let me say this, Amanda. Yeah, go for it. I don't really 
Yeah, go for you it. You son of a gun. I'm no, just kidding. I just don't really know why you're asking me this question. I no, feel like you well, have better insight. Well, no, I think it's worth asking, I guess, because because you don't have that insight. Sure. Because you're looking at it from the outside and you're seeing all the idiots walking around complaining about shit while still playing it every day. You <laughs> right. know? Uh, in a way that, even though I'm aware of it, it's hard for me to recognize it the same way. Sure. Um, Luke Smith, one of the um, lead developers for Destiny has said before and I think has continued to say that Destiny is not a game you are supposed to play 24-7. It is a game where you get in, you play the content, and when you're done with the content, you're done with the game. Then in three to six months, they put out new content. You jump back in a month before, play it till you're done. Because of that is why I think this might work. Is because you could be bored with Destiny and then... Now, the trick is if they compete with each other directly on that release schedule. Right. That's then it becomes point. more problematic. That's but really if they're clever point. about it and they try to pick up when the other game is losing its luster, then it could be mutually beneficial because I think both people would play both games. And very beneficial from a gameplay standpoint and from the girlfriend of a game player standpoint so that that person's boyfriend isn't walking around complaining about why he hates Destiny so much, but he needs to play it anyway. Right. Um, if you were just able to switch to something else, that would really that would really serve you personally. Yeah. Which is good. Which would be a great thing, you know, to serve the consumer that way. I will say so. The thing that Anthem has in front of it that could be problematic is that Destiny had a pretty terrible year one launch. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. It wasn't until year two where it came up with some pretty good expansions that people started taking destiny seriously again because people still fell into that loop that first year of the repetition and hating it but still playing it because there was a core game that was good right it just was bad (laughs) um so year two remedied a lot of that and again eventually they hit a lull and i i understand that i'm not going to complain for that lull anymore right because now i I didn't because I think a lot of people didn't understand what Destiny think it, thought it was going to be. Right. Well, it's a unique thing. For right. Sure. So now we all know. Right. So that I think that hasn't happened so much this year because we all know Destiny Two is coming out. Yep. And I think it will happen a little bit less moving forward because people will always complain. Yeah. Now, does Anthem know that? Because I empirical see. data should say that they do. Right. They just watched Destiny do it for two and a half years. <laughs> right. Um, That's but. A good point. Yeah, or but do they not? Because, for example, the division came out from uh, the Tom Clancy, the division from Ubisoft, uh, that was kind of touting a similar thing too, where you hop on, you play with your friends, you get some cool loot, and you keep going. Mm-hmm. Um, but there was just nothing, and they never fixed it. Right. Um, and they're still releasing content, but to who? Every time I see them post on Facebook, thank Mark Zuckerberg, all their reactions are just laughing. Right. Or angry faces. Right, right. Nothing good. Right. Um, you know, so is Anthem aware of that? Right. That I think that is going to be the big thing to watch for. It's a good question. Um, so we'll see. I'm excited. It looks awesome. Yeah, it looks pretty. Um, if they do a beta, I'd be happy to play it. Um, but we'll see. But I'm, I'm excited for Destiny from what we've seen. And I think the biggest reason why my brother and I are really confident that we're just going to play Destiny 2 anyways is because they didn't steer us wrong that last year. Right. They seem to have learned. Right. And this theoretically should be better. Even better, right. Right. Because yeah. now it's a full new game that isn't garbage. In theory, hopefully. As opposed to fixing a garbage oh, trash that, fire. Right, right, right. 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 But yeah. right, that's in theory. Fingers crossed. We'll probably be disappointed. Yeah. 
Yeah, I also have to say I appreciated in the trailer for this game. They just had um, as the friends that you're playing this game with. They had a a man and a woman playing this game. The woman actually being the lead person that we were watching play, and I just love it because how often did you run into women while playing Destiny? For two and a half years. I mean, they were a very small fraction, <laughs> though there was a girl who was part of one of my regular raid groups for a stretch. Nice. Um, well, because we, I was part of a clan in Destiny called... I forget what we were called. Okay. Um, whatever. But it was like the goal of it was to be super inclusive. And we were full of like Sherpas, the people who led the raids for new people. Right. Uh, so we had like a friendly demeanor. Yeah. So I think that is what made women feel more comfortable to play with us. It was because we didn't have the same like right bro mentality for right. it. But that is obviously because we and, were special. And you're still talking group. about one woman. Yeah, there was one woman in that group. And I've only played with probably 10 women over the course of two years, which yeah. is not a lot yeah. at all. Yeah, so I just, I mean, I appreciate it because I appreciate it. They're trying to put it out there and trying to get women interested and trying to... Uh, create a platform because like these games are cool yeah. um maybe they're not really my thing personally but i don't think that women should be disinterested in them right. so i think it's a very interesting problem and i appreciate that at least in their marketing they're trying to be like yeah play <laughs> yeah the original destiny teaser trailer also had a man woman duo yeah um and then the division trailer yeah there was a woman in that too right and but we watched the game from the eyes of a non-speaking Someone. Right. While you're following your man friend and woman friend. Right. So, um, yeah, it's maybe another episode, but the marketing seems to be trying to incorporate more women into this stuff. Yeah, absolutely. And data points to more women playing games now. Yeah. 50% or more. Right. Is, are, are, is the gamer base, right? Right. Um, and again, that takes all games. Right, that's Candy Crush to Destiny. Yeah, yeah. So it's a little different, and obviously, so some, you know, everybody likes different games. Yeah. That's the thing. But it's good to see that reflected in the marketing, because the hope is, like the media bubble, everybody's all like, oh, there are women presenters, and women in trailers. So women are playing this game. Right. And it should be more accepted. Yeah, hopefully. I mean... You know, it's it's just an interesting topic, and yeah, we could do a whole another episode on it about what kinds of games women play, and what kinds of games right. men play, and why, and is it is it an actual gendered difference of brain chemistry, or what is it, like what is it that makes women interested in some things and men interested in others, or is it because of um, you know women are often afraid to play games right. in which they have to talk because then it is known that they are women and right. men give them a hard time sometimes so it, they shy away from these things you know so it's just it's an interesting question but I really do appreciate the effort I think it's the right thing to do and you know that's right. good are yep. we talking about this so yep. speaking of games that women play yes <laughs> yes yes life is strange the prequel is that the title of it? No, it's called Life is Strange Before, Before the, the Storm. Storm. Um, so this is a new game in the Life is Strange franchise, which is now a franchise, um, that will take place before the events of the first game. We'll be following the character of Chloe Price and Rachel Amber. Is that her name? That is her name. Um, Rachel Amber, you will know famously as the missing girl at the beginning of Life is Strange proper. Yeah. Um, and the course of that game kind of explores what had happened to her. Well, what had happened was. What had happened was. <laughs> what had happened to Rachel uh, Amber 
Yeah. So, but this game explores the relationship between Chloe Price and Rachel Amber. Right, because our main character from the first game, Max, Max Caulfield, uh, is still theoretically living in Seattle. I think is where she's from. I think she's in Seattle. Right? That's yeah. right. That's not where she's from. Well, she, that's where she moved to. Right, where right, she moved right. to. Right. So, uh, I was doing some research prior to recording this, and I think it had been officially reported that there are no powers in this game. This game is pure story only. Gotcha. Which begs the question, is the story interesting enough to merit this game? Or are some of the powers what made Life is Strange special? I defer to the only person in this room who played Life is Strange, Amanda. (laughs) Um, Well, I didn't watch this trailer and I know practically nothing about this game, the prequel. But to speak to the original Life is Strange, I would argue that, um, yes, Life is Strange as a game has a compelling enough story that even if Max didn't have the power to rewind time, it would still be a compelling game. Now, I don't know what the gameplay would necessarily entail other than make talking to people and making choices. Um, if there was no rewind um and urgency of like because because the game ultimately has the same urgency of male video games of like (laughs) you know of of all video games right like there's an urgency to save the world here like a big deal event is happening um so while the interpersonal relationships are what make that game interesting the same way that buffy the vampire slayer is made Mm. interesting by interpersonal relationships there's still like fucking a giant monster in a save the world theme you know so there's not a monster in life is strange but you know right, the like storm is the monster right, right. right. so um so yeah so uh, it is a, it is a good question if, if it will be compelling enough or not i think it has the ability to be um because you know the universe of life is strange is not unlike a lot of shows i like i guess and maybe women like i don't know but even things like um twin peaks mm. comes to mind veronica mars comes to mind things where it's set in a small town with people who are interesting they're like characters and each one of them has a story you know like each one you know and like a really interesting compelling story and like crime has happened somebody is dead or somebody is missing right so like it's like a big deal thing happening in this small town and there's just something compelling about that story-wise you know what i mean so um but it, you know, I didn't watch this this trailer, so I don't know what the story of this one is at all. Um, but like, you know, if some big deal thing is happening in town, I think it's it could easily be just as interesting. Right, because uh, I I didn't see and don't know how far in the past this takes place in relation to the first Life is Strange. Well, it can't be that long ago, or Max would be there. You know. Right, but it she's gone for a long stretch, though. I thought. Five years? Well, five years is a okay. decent amount of time when you're only 17. Yeah. That's a third That's of your life. That's true. Yeah. It's true. Speaking of life anyways. Um, so interesting facts about this. This game is not being made by the same team that made the original Life is Strange because they're actually making a sequel. Um, so whatever that's worth. If that makes you trust this team less because you like the other team or if you trust this team just as much because you really support the whatever it's being made by the same company though right or it's being made by a different company different company like a whole the whole like i maybe how do they own it because like how do they have the rights it to might it? be owned by the publisher 
Okay. I'd have to look at the specifics. Okay. But I just want to know where, how far removed that happened that is. with Batman games. Okay. Uh, most of the Arkham games were made by a company called Rocksteady. Okay. Um, but there was one game, Arkham Origins, mm-hmm. that was made by WB Montreal. Okay. Using the same engine that Rocksteady made, but it was a totally different development team. I see. So different writers. They didn't even get the same voice actors. Right. Right. But they were all still published under uh, whoever published Batman. I forget. I guess WB. Right. Um, So there's like some, there's some legacy there. Right. But you wonder, it's like Michael Bay is so deeply ingrained in these terrible Transformers movies now, you know? Right. Um, He puts his name on all of those ones. Right. So... But I personally don't really think of Arkham Origins as part of that series. When you ask me, I'll say Asylum, City, Night. Right. The other one is there. Right. So I wonder if that's how this one will be treated moving forward or whatever. And obviously that depends if it's... Very possible if they're making a Life is Strange 2 that this one will, will be that way. I think if it wasn't that way, like if this was the only other Life is Strange game we ever got, people probably group them together but if there's going to be this right. other thing that's made by the same people because well, that's what's one. weird too right because in the yeah. batman games they made two and then they made the prequel right so this is the prequel because you can ignore it if it's not good i guess right. is the mentality yeah um the other thing too is that this game is was being made during the voice actor strike oh. so ashley birch who voices chloe price will not be reprising her role Oh, that's fucked up. Yeah, so it'll be someone else. And the reports say that based on the trailer, they they sound similar enough. And maybe since you're so far away removed from the game, maybe you will, you won't even notice. It's tough. It's that's tough. It's tough. That's yeah, tough. No, self, it's I tough. Say. It's tough. Yeah. Um, yeah. Again, with the um, origin stuff, what was interesting is that Mark Hamill voices Joker. Right. Then they go to Origins, and Mark Hamill doesn't voice the Joker. Right. They got um, Troy Baker. Oh, yeah. He's yeah. great. He's, he's very good. Right. But Mark Hamill's been the Joker right. forever. Yeah. Um, and similarly, Kevin Conroy, who voices Batman in the animated series with Mark Hamill voicing the Joker, mm-hmm. did most of Batman until Arkham Origins, where they got some other person to do it. Right. Um, you know, so it's like, again, not terrible, but especially in a game where you're looking at 3D models of people that are supposed to kind of look like humans. Right. The voices are super important. Yeah. So when sure. you lose it it's like that's Yeah, no, it's it's a tough sell. I mean, yeah. we we spend uh, you know, you didn't play Life is Strange, but Chloe is just talks just as much as Max, I would say. Right. You know, she's just as important as as a character as Max. You just play as Max, right. you know. Right. So um yeah, that's tough. It's tough if yeah. she's going to seem really different. I mean, it might be okay because it's a prequel and because with Chloe specifically, this prequel version of her is very different than the Chloe we know. That's right. Um, so maybe that'll make it okay. Yeah. That's what I mean. Yeah. It could be. It, could it, be might, not, it might be a non-issue. Yeah. Yeah. But it is kind of a bummer. And I think this game has a lot of other things going against it other than just Ashley Birch's and coming back. Right. So. Yeah. That's the thing. Like if everything right. about it, everything right. else about it was in a good standing. Then yeah. 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 All right. Well, is there anything else you want to touch on that we skipped on this list or you feel good? I think I feel good. I'm just going to do one more quick scroll. Um, yeah, Splatoon 2, I didn't have anything to say. We didn't play Splatoon 1, and this looks just like Splatoon 1, except maybe different. Just for the Switch, yeah. that's all. So that's about I it. I think there's different modes, different gameplay modes. Yeah. We talked about some of these uh, car games, Gran Turismo and uh, Forza. But the the fa- the popular thought process behind these racing games is that they are released around the time of these new consoles, 
because they are the epitome at the time of the graphics capabilities. Right. So this makes sense because they're coming around now, the 4K releases. The 4K yeah. releases, right. Detroit Becoming Human looks fine. God of War actually looks really good. Don't have a lot to say about it, I but I'm it excited about how different it is. Yeah. Um, and it's exactly, that you say that it's different because... enough because I think now you'd be interested, and I don't think you would have been interested with the previous games. That's fair. It definitely looks compelling. Um, all of that said... Sorry. Yep. All of that said... Um, Oh my god, never mind. It's fine. No, all that said... (laughs) I can't remember what I was going to say. It's fine. It's the eighth installment. I don't remember. I'm sorry. Oh, it was a soft reboot of the franchise. So, like, it's somehow... It's a sequel to God of War 3. Right. Um, So, some people are calling it God of War 4. Yeah. Even though it's just called God of War. Um, But I guess, like, it is stuff that we've seen. Yeah, so, I mean... That's what I understood, anyway. The main character's name is Kratos. Yeah. And he follows kind of this Herculean path in that he's a Spartan who gets imbued with the power or rage of Ares to the point where he accidentally kills his own family um, because he's so, like, rage-filled and doesn't realize what's happening. He actually thinks he's on the battlefield and kills his family or whatever. He is pasty white because then he is cursed with the ashes of his family to permanently be on his skin i see uh he's an angry motherfucker and then decides to take revenge on the gods gotcha so specifically Ares in the first one kills Ares. he becomes the god of war right he's so violent that in the second game zeus casts him out of olympus right so the basis of the second game is for him to take out zeus for this egregious act okay um it takes you to some really interesting places because um Medusa is called what? A Gorgon? Gorgon. Gorgon. Yeah. Um, So there are Gorgon enemies. And in one of the games, you actually have to kill either specifically Medusa or a different Gorgon. Mm -hmm. And then you get their head as a weapon. So it takes some time, but you could like hold it in front of enemies and they'll turn to stone. And then you could demolish them. Yeah. Pretty cool. Um, You know, you get different mythological weapons. And then the places you explore are really interesting. That last Ares battle in the first game is stupid. You're just giant and you're fighting in a lake. Uninteresting. Right. Right. But I remember specifically in the second game, one of the levels is Prometheus. Mm. So if we recall the story of Prometheus class, <laughs> he was a titan. So you're playing this on this massive guy who is bound with crows pecking at his liver and eyeballs, right? Right. Um, is it his eyeballs too or just his liver? I forget. I can't remember. Doesn't matter. That sounds right. But you're so you're on him and right. like you know you're like going like in his body and things like that and it's like kind of different for what games traditionally do in that sense you know yeah yeah um and you never get to play that the mythology like that either yeah yeah so but they were very violent very gratuitous one of the games starts with kratos uh in bed with two naked women and like the camera does the thing that you love where it pans off. Yeah. And then you've got a quick time event where you have to hit square and circle so fast that you're pleasuring both of the women off camera oh and you God. hear moans. It's terrible. That's what makes <laughs> this game sound so interesting though because it's it's a father-son story. Right. So far removed from I'm just going to kill everything and fuck Yeah, ladies. no. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so we'll see. And the graphics also look very cool. Um, his weapon has this like uh, Mjolnir kind of thing. From what I recall last year, you could throw the axe, mm-hmm. go halfway across the entire game world, and call it back, mm-hmm. and it'll take maybe minutes. Mm-hmm. But at some point, it'll get back into your hand, That's which is supposed cool. to be pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I, it's not a game I'm like rushing to get, but um, and I didn't realize I wanted it until 
So yeah, it's cool. kind of a nice surprise. Yeah, comes uh, out early 2018. Yeah, um, we talked about all that stuff. Yeah, I mean we're obviously more excited about Sony stuff because that's what we got. Yeah, we don't have an Xbox One. Crackdown Three. It's a game I played. Crackdown Two. The only thing I wanted to bring it up was that um, Michael Jones of Rooster Teeth fame. Mm-hmm. He made his own YouTube videos, look little videos, just for himself. Um, and he had one that got really popular of him playing Crackdown Two, chasing an orb. The orbs in that game, it was kind of used as like a time trial. Can you traverse this area fast enough to capture it? Right. And then you get a bonus. Gotcha. And he kept messing up toward the end. He was so close, and he's talking really confidently, and then something happens, and we all know Michael from Rooster Teeth. He shouts. Yeah. So that was kind of the creation of Rage Quit. Right. And that's, like, one of the first shows he did. So, you know, there you go. Important. That's pretty cool. Sea of Thieves I'm excited about. And actually, I just found out about another game today made by Ubisoft. I didn't write down what it's called. But it's also a pirate game, and it uses Assassin's Creed Black Flag ship mechanics. Okay. But it's just about the ships. It removes all of the Assassin's Creed stuff and just focuses on being a pirate. Gotcha. Which I thought was interesting. But they're very different vibes. Yeah, yeah. Because Sea of Thieves looks fun and playful, and yeah. I think I think maybe even... It's like you sort know, of cute art. Yeah. This, actually, Sea of Thieves, ultimately, I mean, I don't know, what did you call that? Shared World? Yeah, yeah, Shared World. Sea, sea of Thieves kind of seems sort of similar, and I have to say, this seems like the one that might be more appealing to women. Um, as a, you know, as a sexist general statement that i'm making um, and without you knowing that this other game even existed until i just brought it up probably Unless no sorry you know, i mean see if Thieves seems more so appealing compared to anthem or something like anthem that. and destiny gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. um yeah um but yeah i mean it makes sense it was developed by rare who um made banjo kazooie yeah and one of my favorite games of all time diddy kong racing which is exactly how that went Oh my um, god, I thought you just turned on the no. N64. Diddy Kong <laughs> Racing! Look anyway. Those, look at those waveforms. Oh yeah, everybody's <laughs> okay. gonna love that. Anyway, um, so yeah, so it was first announced at E3 2015. Mm-hmm. We saw it last year at E3 2016. The release was supposed to be sometime in 2017. That's now been pushed to early 2018. But it's okay because we don't have an Xbox One and it'll give us time to buy one so J-Ray can play Sea of Thieves. <laughs> right. I believe you can currently play it on Steam Greenlight. Oh, really? Yeah, because Greenlight is like their alpha, beta, whatever. Right. Yeah. So I think you can. Not sure. Don't okay. quote me on that. But um, yeah, it does look fun. I don't know. But again, it's tough because like you're saying with all these shared world games, if I don't have a right. friend base currently that plays it, which I don't. Like, yeah. you know, we've got some... Like, I have friends who have the same consoles as me and the same games as me, but... We're not on the same schedule, or they're not playing it while I'm playing it, like, in terms of life. Yeah, it's tough. It's a tough thing. So then to have three games, Destiny, Anthem, and Sea of Thieves. Yeah, I was going to ask you that. Like, if you feel like you're really... I mean, and we'll see as it comes or whatever, but if you feel like you're really going to play Anthem, do you think you might drop off on the Sea of Thieves boat? That you, Last year, 2016, you were like, we got to get an Xbox One. I got to play this game. You know? Yeah, I still would like to. Yeah. I mean, really, but the... I mean... You know, it's the four hundred dollar price tag to get a box to play this fucking game (laughs) is more the holding me back than like being too busy with other games. That's fair. And honestly, we didn't talk about it. It didn't have a huge presence uh, in terms of presenting at E three, 
but Absolver comes out really soon. Right. Which is a game I'm really excited about. I played the beta. There's an NDA. Can't really talk about it. Right. I feel really special because I'm not allowed to talk about it. Um, but I think it comes out near the end of the month. Um, so I'm hoping to finish my current That's like next week, bro. list of games. It's like this week to when this gets released. Don't. I don't. Okay. I need you to believe in me. I believe in you. You can beat Horizon Zero Dawn. That's in what a it week. is. It's Horizon Zero Dawn. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But once I finish that, then I'd like to sink some time in Absolver and maybe be over that in like three weeks. And then um, Destiny comes out in, in September. September. Yeah. That's yeah. my that's my hope. Yeah, I'm gonna play Lost Legacy in August, and J Ray will be eons behind me on that. I'm sure. That's I okay. Because then, then I could play Last of Us Left Behind finally. Oh yeah, you for all do two that. hours. <laughs> you. <laughs> Yeah. Anyway, I mean, I'm just I'm I'm excited to play these things. Yeah. No, I mean, it's uh we're I think we're in that golden age of this generation of games. Yep. The people who are making games know what the consoles are capable of, so they're doing them well. Yep. Um we've got some good game franchises that currently exist and luckily some of the shitty game franchises have been made aware and are trying to do things to remedy that you know right. assassin's creed took a year or so off to make this new one that's coming out that we didn't talk about right um you know call of duty is revamping and going back to world war Two. so you know we're kind of in an interesting place and this is you know with the new consoles being pushed and the 4k consoles there's a lot going on so yeah for sure it's, it's going to be an interesting uh rest of the year for games. yeah it's a good point we're, we are right in that like good nook of the like lifetime of i mean the Switch is new, obviously, so that's its new thing. But of the PS4 and the Xbox One, we're in that good stretch of time where, like you said, people know what they're doing, what it's capable mm-hmm. of, so they're making really good games. But we're not at that point where we're pewtering off yet because they're going to start pushing oh, things right. for the next gen. Right. So it is. It's a good time. It's a well, good time to be alive. There it is. <laughs> All right. So as always, uh, follow us on Tumblr at d2ga.com tumblr.com follow us on twitter at danger alone pod um check out our network broken jars.xyz um check out the other podcast i'm on great scott where we talk about the office every two weeks um big what up to zencaster who is now a, a wonderful wonderful sponsor of broken jars and um you probably know that already because as I'm talking, I'm remembering we needed to do a 30-second bit at the top of the show. So I'll record that another day. Great. So you've already heard that, and you know it, and you love it. Um, if you want to talk to me, follow me on Twitter at J-A-Y underscore R-E-Y. And if you want to talk to Amanda. You can follow me at Amanda Lenti. And uh, that's it. If you have any feedback, questions, comments, concerns... What about Patreon.com? Oh my what if they God. want to give us money? If they want to give us money, they go to Patreon.com slash Broken Jars, obviously. Yeah. And there's great tiers where we can record a 30 to 60 second message for you on your phone. We could call a friend or loved one or enemy, whatever. Uh, there's some sticker options. we got some sweet stickers um, and a bunch of great shit. Talk to us on Discord. Amanda's in there. She's never said one word, but she's in there. <laughs> Um, yeah, no, it's a, it's a bunch of good stuff, and it, it's afforded us an opportunity to upgrade some of our equipment. Yeah. And we got this f- whole fancy setup. Yeah. It's great. But it could be fancier, and also you could fund the buying of our Xbox One. Hey. So that J-Ray can play Sea of Thieves. Hey, and then you could play with me. Also, we just bought a 50-inch television, and it'd be great to have some money for that, too. 
<laughs> for the 50 inch television that has put us in the, in the negative. It's put us in the hole <laughs> a bit because hole. we were like, we needed a 50 inch television. Is it 50 inches? Is it 60? What do we buy? I think 55. 55. 55. Anyways, <laughs> that's it for this week's episode of Dangerous to Go Along. See you in two weeks. Bye. Bye. Bye.